Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello, and welcome back to our latest installment of Eye for an Eye. We are your hosts, Julia, Lisa, and Matt, and we are here to determine whether the punishment, or lack thereof, fits the crime. Due to the graphic nature of some of the topics we will be touching on, listener discretion is advised. Good morning, ladies and germs. Or should I say good morning, good afternoon, good night, wherever you're at. Welcome back to your latest Eye for an iPod. I'm your host with my lovely co-hostesses. Tell them what's up, ladies. Hi. We should know. We have a special guest here. Oh, yeah. We didn't. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah, our friend Sarah, right? She's not my imaginary friend. I'm not talking yeah. to her. <laughs> right? <laughs> but she's going to be here. She's actually helping host an episode coming up, but you might hear a little uh, Matt talking to his imaginary friends <laughs> in the episode. So I just wanted to. They all say hi. Note there. So today we have, uh, let's say, controversial. For, as an understatement. Yeah, I think that's a good way to sum it up. But it's recent news. If you haven't been living under the rock of Gibraltar, you probably heard a little bit about it. If you have been living under the rock of Gibraltar, check out the sun, man. It's pretty cool. And before we get into this case, since it is a little bit quote-unquote controversial, we just want everybody to know, as we always say, the opinions in this show are those of ours personally and have to do specifically with this case. So just make sure that that is... Our views do not reflect CBS, NBC, ABC, ESPN, any of the major Fox News. I'm sponsored by CNN. I yeah. don't know about you. None of the major networks <laughs> yeah. had anything to do with this. Yeah. So let's just put that out there so everybody's well aware. And, and without getting too political, because this will probably get a little political, don't think of it like that. <laughs> it is political in a sense. We also need to keep that in mind, the human casualties. It was made political pretty pretty heavily. All right, Matt, who are we talking yeah, about let's today? Get, let's jump right in. All right, let's dive right in. So if anybody has watched the news recently, you've probably heard the name Kyle Rittenhouse, i.e. Oh, Rottenhouse, but I'm just going to throw that out there. So to me, local hero to some. he's a local hero to some. To me, he's a questionable figure, to put it mildly. But we're going to talk a little bit about him today, a little bit about the background, a little bit about the movement, and a little bit about the conflicting movements, if that's fair to say. Yeah. So let's dive right in. On August 12, 2020, Jacob Blake was shot four times in Kenosha, Wisconsin by the local police. Jacob is a black man, and he was getting into his car. Police approached him, followed him to his car. As he was reaching into his car, He was shot four times in the back. He was shot at seven times, 
but he was hit four times. Do we know why they went up to him? They just thought he was suspicious, or was it like... I believe... I don't remember. I believe he was pulled over and continued to drive until he got home. And then he went over to his house, and then they followed him back to his car because they said he was reaching for a knife in the car. That's why he was shot. That's an oddly specific thing to say someone's reaching for when you can't see them. That's what I'm saying, yeah. It sounds a little... Right? Supposedly he was reaching into the front seat, and the officer told him not to move, and he shot him from behind. So, But, like, okay, I'm not going to... We can't go too far on a tangent here, but, like, anytime you get pulled over, it's, like, license and registration. Maybe he was getting grabbing these things and getting them ready. I mean, we have seen cases where, unfortunately, black men have been shot for literally doing everything you're supposed anything, to do. Anything you can imagine. Yeah. It's, Whether you deserve We have a really, really, really big problem in our That's country. That's why I said we can't go too far down. Well, a lot of these, like, whether they deserve to even be approached by the police is in question. Like, like the air freshener situation yeah. that just got tried, which we'll have to cover as well. The one that still kills me is Philando Castile. When you actually watch that video, it oh, it's disturbing. That's sick. who I was talking about. Yeah. Because yeah. he was stopped. He said, officers, I have a gun in my, in car. my car. Legally, yeah. I'm allowed. Like, I I'm going to permit. reach yep. for my ID now. With his son sitting in the back seat. Yo. It's like, weird. We're going to have to cover all of these because this is these will. are important to shed light on. Absolutely. Regardless of how politically how political you feel, this should never be a political thing. This See, is I'm, a life or death thing. That, it's not... It, it is political. It winds it's up becoming that way. Political. But it shouldn't be. It's a it's a life or death thing. Like yeah. these are people being killed we'll or being shot. Jacob Blake is paralyzed more. from the waist down now. Let's just That's that important to know. Jacob Blake did not die. He didn't he die. was shot. He was shot four times. So at the time obviously, and still in America today, there is a great deal of controversy between I'll say the black community, but really people of color and the police. Mm-hmm. BIPOC. BIPOC, thank you. Covers it all. Covers it all. Protesters in Kenosha took to the streets to demonstrate against what they believed to be excessive force, what a lot of people did. During those protests, as unfortunately happens, we've seen, some of the demonstrators supposedly turned a little bit more chaotic. Amidst all that was going on that night on the streets, and several nights actually, this played out over about a week, A 17-year-old young man named Kyle Rittenhouse from nearby Antioch, Illinois, joined the fray. He was armed with a medical supply bag, and actually, I have written down here an AR-15, but that's incorrect. It was an M223 rifle, so it's a custom-made rifle, actually, intended for urban assaults. I like that you included that, because I didn't know that. I thought it was an AR-15 as well. Yes, I actually thought it was. That's when I originally wrote these notes. That's what I thought it was. But I did a little bit more research, and the M223 was actually given to him by his friend, Dominic Black, who, well, it's his friend and his sister's boyfriend or something, fiance. They're related somehow. And it was given to him the night this happened. So he had a medical supply bag. Wow, the, that day that this was given to him? Yeah. So he's On his day. way to Kenosha. Interesting. Right. And I thought it was an interesting class that he's got a medical supply bag on one shoulder a big ass gun over the other, but okay. And there are pictures of him with said big ass gun. Yeah, oh yeah, there's images of him strolling right by the police. Well, you can not. see on yeah. social media. And before the night was over, he became I don't want to say like the banner carrier, but he was the main focus of all this. Unfortunately, and again we're kinda of going off on tangents, but that's kind of the nature of this kind of yeah. case. But the real problem gets pushed under. I think people now know more 
of Kyle Rittenhouse's name rather than Jacob Blake. For sure. Absolutely. And like, that's the sad has, thing. Like, what he did and the outcome of all of that has taken people I think people even forget what he was doing there. Like yeah. like to be honest, until we recapped it, I forgot the reason he like I knew he was there because of the protests. Yeah. But I forgot what the protests are for because everything has been about Well that's what happened when we talked about Brock Turner. Same exact thing. Right. It's like nobody talked nobody well the also victims because get she chose to do a lot of anonymous. things anonymously but Go yeah. check out that episode though. Yeah. yeah I read Janelle's book because since then I have read it. And I actually Listen to the audiobook, and I'm 95% sure she narrates it herself. Mm-hmm. Oh, no um, way. Which is yeah. really cool. Wow. Yeah. That has to be intense. I got to find that. I'm a big fan of audiobooks, especially when they're read by the author. So Agreed, because then you get the feeling of the yeah. author. I need to start reading audiobooks, or I should say, like, listening to audiobooks. <laughs> so, Kyle Rittenhouse, this kid became a media sensation as well as a killer in the yeah, same night. Yeah. We're about to, oh. about to dive into this bitch. Rittenhouse was hailed as a hero and even a patriot by leading conservative pundits, including Tucker Carlson, Ann Coulter, and Donald Trump, and accused of being a terrorist and white supremacist by leading progressives, including Ariana Presley, and leading to a polarizing media circus about the shooting, its perpetrator, and even its victims. So, Kyle, as we said, 17-year-old kid, wearing a green t-shirt, Backward baseball cap, blue gloves, dark blue jeans, and some brown shoes. So it is an AR-15 style 223. I'm sorry, that's what it is. It's an AR-15, but it's a 223 caliber. That's what it is. I'll tell you something right now. It's a little secret. I know nothing about Yeah, guns. I was going to say, to be honest, all of this means nothing. I just know it's a big gun because I've a, seen the picture of him carrying it. So for those of you who are not gun aficionados, which I clearly am not either, it's a big-ass gun. <laughs> It's a big ass motherfucking gun. That's the extent of my knowledge. Is it a big gun? Is it a little gun? It's a big gun. (laughs) (laughs) So it's take down a board type gun. Okay. Um, Why? Is it an open carry state where like it it is okay to like come with a giant ass gun strapped to your chest in the street? I believe so. Like was that normal? I've been to Kenosha, FYI. Have you seen people just walking around guns strapped to their chest? Cheese fest. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Can we go? Yeah. Kenosha is beautiful. It's right on the water. But you don't see people with like big ass Um, guns strapped to their chest. I don't think you see that anywhere. Like (laughs) that's what I mean though. Like this should have raised alarms the second people saw him because he was. There's no way to hide that gun. He didn't have it in like a duffel bag. He was. It was strapped to his chest, and he was just roaming the streets. Like, if I saw that, my ass would go home. Bye. Yeah. Like, I, fuck what we're doing here. I'd be that walking kid. the opposite way. Everybody'd be like, where are you going? Like, dude's got away. a big-ass gun back there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm away going from away that. from that, dude. Yeah. Because he was legit. Like, we will post the picture. So, he was legit walking around with this big, big, big-ass gun strapped to his chest. It's what, the size of Matt's arm, and Matt has long arms. When we get into it, I'll tell you guys this. We'll talk more about it. But that's my big crux for his guilty verdict or what I believe should have been because I'm like bro you had the choice to be there like you said Lise I could have very easily turned around and gone the fuck home I'd have been there and been like yo it's popping off I'm getting the fuck out of here before it gets too loud Kyle. Yeah, Kyle, if you hear this, we want you on here, man. Kyle, we'd like to have a few words. Although now that he's become some sort of fucking famous political figure, it's probably going to cost a lot of money to get his ass anywhere. We're so. not paying you a fucking dime, but we want you on the show. So if anybody's friends with Kyle, holler at us, bro. 
Um, if so, friends with Kyle, I have some questions. Right, right, we'll talk about that. So Kyle was carrying a Smith & Wesson AR-15 223 caliber rifle. As Lisa said, it's a gun as big as my supposedly long arms. I don't know. Um, which belonged <laughs> my cadaverous arms, which belonged to his sister's boyfriend, Dominic Black. So they are not related, but they're friends. At approximately 11.45 that night, Kyle shot three people near Car Source, which is a car dealership at the northwest corner of 63rd Street and Sheridan Road in Kenosha. Which, which is a, important. It is important to know. And that was a high traffic area that night, supposedly. There was a lot of activity. He would eventually be charged with two counts of homicide, two counts of reckless endangerment, and one count of unlawful possession of a firearm. That's important. His trial and the resulting verdict have caused a media sensation in recent months and led to an even deeper controversy about the results of these protests and the outcome of jury trials in America. So let's get a little bit of background here. Talk a little bit about Kyle. Talk a little bit about what he was doing there. And unfortunately, we don't talk too much about Jacob Blake in this case because we're going to do our own episode about Jacob Blake. Love that. Yes. I don't want to do just a quick mention of him. I like that. Yes, but it is important to note that that's why this was all happening in the first place. So Kyle Rittenhouse was born January 3rd, 2003 in Antioch, Illinois. Shout out my cousin Catherine. That's her birthday too. Gang, gang. Yo, the birthdays are ever Yeah, It's always something, man. His parents were professed Republicans and religious folks, and Kyle was raised in a conservative Midwestern household in Illinois. As a teenager, like many of us, Kyle had his own political affiliations. He well, did. it didn't seem like they were his own, really. Well, yeah, he was obviously influenced by his parents. Like, we all were, too, though. You know, I mean, by the time you're in your mid to late teens, you formed some of your own. Not opinions. to digress too far again, but have you guys noticed that it is very, it's, at least it seems, I've never done, like, an official study, nor have I read one, but it seems to me, just from personal experience looking at my friends and people I know, people with, you never see people with a Democratic family Turn Republican. turn Republican, but you can see a Republican family has someone turn Democratic or like more towards, you know, like yeah, I, think that's I don't, I think, I think political parties are a spectrum that we don't obviously talk about. People are so fixated on their camps, yes. but I feel like there's so many different facets of each one that there's not like I, I wouldn't consider myself like a staunch Democrat, but I definitely am definitely more that way, more liberal facing. But do you guys notice that? That like yeah, people with Republican parents typically, for the most part, have a sway, but you never see people with Democratic parents. And you know you what I believe about- it is with our generation? <laughs> Dead ass. Yeah. Going to college. Yeah. I swear to God. I'm not even trying to be a dick. And, and it's not about education. It's not a criticism of Republicans or anybody conservative. I was raised in a conservative family. Yeah. But I honestly think like going to college, traveling, working on my own, doing a lot of these things for myself, interacting with with more people has made me kind of see the world differently. Yeah, that's a good point. And I truly believe like... Exposure is huge. It started for me at Central. Like I started meeting different people outside of just Monroeville and you start seeing other people's life experience and start hearing from them. Then you go to like a Penn State and it's like you get anybody up there. You, You could meet literally any type of person. Yeah. Even though you are in the middle of bumblefuck PA, that's what told me, like, yo, there's people everywhere with all kinds of different beliefs. Yeah. Like, honestly. I mean, I, I have a good friend from Penn State who's from Tabriz, Iran. 
you know people get bad raps for no reason but I, I do think because that's of a what big you're part. brought up then, you know I think I mean? it's like, exposure I think it's exposure and willingness I think it's exposure fear and willingness to learn yes willingness education. to educate that's it's key. not like like that's it. It's not about education. It's willingness to educate. Meaning, like if you grow up in a white suburban neighborhood with only white neighbors, and you're in a Catholic household, and all your friends are Catholic, like you're not being exposed to other the any other you know people. Like Matt was saying, like that's when he really brought in his viewpoint of oh, there's other opinions out there. Oh, there it makes more sense, and I think. Also, fear is a big factor. People are afraid of what they don't understand or what they don't know. There's like a dogma, you know? Like, you set these standards for, like, what people should be like at a young age. And then you see people... Well, your parents set those standards, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And then you realize that's not true. Yeah. I agree with that point, that honestly, your perspective changes over time, for whatever reason that might be. Uh, But as a teenager, Kyle supported Donald Trump. He was very active in the pro-police Blue Lives Matter movement, especially during his high school years, and even participated in a police cadet program. Hmm. I wanted to make note as well, the day before he went to Kenosha, after finishing his shift, Kyle and a friend were said to have decided to clean up local Black Lives Matter graffiti. So I guess there was some protesting in his hometown the night before, and they, as police cadets volunteered uh so there are images of him scrubbing the walls in the days leading up to the protests outside of the local police precinct i think we've talked about it before and we won't get into it hardcore today well actually we might because this is kind of about this whole fucking thing but it is important the distinction i just want to make it clear because apparently it's not clear black lives matter does not mean only black lives matter and i think that gets lost on people a lot of the time, which is very frustrating because it takes away from what the movement is supposed to be about. But I just want to shout that out really quickly because we will be talking about the Blue Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter shit because of this case. But I wanted to make that distinction, which we'll go over a little bit more later. I thought I, I saw a great analogy for this online. It was like if you get a burn mark, right? You don't bandage your whole body. You bandage where you got burned. So it's like, just because the whole rest of your body matters, you got to take care of it. But that one part where you got burned, you should probably take a little extra notice of and make the point to say, I'm going to wrap that and gauze that and make sure that there's not getting worse. In America, we're just continually lighting a fire under that burn spot. Well, I've seen like the same type of analogy, but with your house being on fire. Yeah. Like, if your house is on fire, you're not calling the fire department and sending them to your neighbor's houses because their houses matter too. Yeah. They're taking care of your house because right. your house is burning to the ground. Come put the fire out. So, yeah. But anyways, let's keep going and we'll, we'll probably have these discussions later, but I wanted to make that distinction since it's just come up. There are images of him scrubbing graffiti. Some of that graffiti included anti-police slogans, and actually, what spurned his trip to Kenosha was that this local dealership, Car Source, it's like a three businesses all on one big ass lot, um, actually called for locals to come and protect after they had been attacked or had some burning and looting done on their on their lot, um, which I thought was really interesting because vigilantism is never to be promoted in america as far as i'm concerned like that's just breeding more problems like well i think it also is the whole thing with like 
if everybody brings a gun to a shooting, the police don't know who the shooter is. Right. So it's kind of like the same thing, like almost like two wrongs don't make a right. Like I want it to be clear that we don't agree with the, I think I can speak on behalf of everybody. We don't agree with looting. We don't agree with that stuff, but you have to think the frustration and pain that leads to that is what you need to focus on. But also what people fail to like pay attention to is a lot of the time the looters are just random people that are capitalizing on the distraction of the rioting and stuff. They're just taking advantage. They're not even part of any movement. Most of the time they're actually part of like the anti-Black Lives Matter movement and they're just capitalizing on it to make it seem like there's on the chaos. Yeah, that there's more chaos. And like, I mean, if everyone's focused on a riot, you can go loot a business because no one's paying attention to you. So people are capitalizing on that, which is disturbing. I always love in Die Hard with a Vengeance where Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson are like trying to get to this other part of New York and these two kids ride by on bikes and they've like just stolen from like the local convenience store and Bruce Willis stops him and he's like, what are you doing out here? He's like, like, come on, man. Cops are all into something. You could steal City Hall. And it's like so true when they're doing something else, they're all over there. There are that, there is that element of society that we live in that's like, bro, you know the McDonald's is unguarded right now, right? (laughs) There's nobody there right now, bro. I love that you picked McDonald's being an avid fast food Hater. I'm thinking about the Wendy's that was burned in Atlanta, and yes, I still hate fast food for anybody that asks. You were saying about like the, um, you know, like police are all over here, so like let's do like the ultimate American is an opportunist. Absolutely, it's capitalism at its finest. Yeah, be like, yo, Nikes are free right now, bro. Like the finish line is having a sale. It's free, and I'm gonna resell them based on what was happening. Kyle and his friend Dominic were said to have armed themselves with the big ass guns and answered the call to come and defend CarSource because CarSource really needed it. After the city suffered building and vehicle damage the preceding day, social media and local news had kind of drawn out the locals and outsiders, both left-wing activists, right-wing militia groups, into the city streets despite an evening curfew that was imposed. Which I found interesting because people on both sides of that divide, that political divide, were in the streets that night. Um, there are records of like po- like politically affiliated groups who are armed out there defending either whatever side they believe, either protesting Jacob Blake shooting or defending local businesses as they purported. Bringing a gun to t- protect a car dealership like you're going to shoot someone. Oh, they they were prepared for the car. worst is what I'm saying, like prepared for the worst and still praying for the best. I'm saying they were <laughs> out here Lil Wayne. On August 25th, 2020, so the same night that Kyle, all this went down, uh, the Kenosha Guard Militia of Kenosha, Wisconsin, called for volunteers to help protect local businesses from Black Lives Matter protesters amidst all this that was going on. So that's what really kind of started this whole thing. It was like the catalyst for Kyle wanting to go over there. And we talked about, like, why did he go to answer this call from this local militia group um so kyle at the time was actually serving as a paramedic and wanted to participate at least in some capacity grabbed this ar-15 hopped in the whip drove across straight lines from illinois to wisconsin and he and his friend dom drove from antioch and met up with a group of local militias who had come out for the same reason so they were here 
claiming to be defending local businesses uh, with this Kenosha Guard is the name of the group. They're a local right-wing affiliated group who were active during the protest that week, again, claiming to be there to prevent destruction of private property by the protesters. Some people affiliated with that group have since been identified as radical. I know it's shocking. Car source isn't, so obviously it's like an automotive business. There's a dealership, a used car lot, and another car lot just a little further south that had been pretty badly damaged during the night of the first two nights of protest. So yeah, I should say this happened the third night that all this was going down. So let's make note of that, August 25th. Car source had suffered $1.5 million in arson damage on the previous night. So it's safe to say, and it's fair to say, there was some elements of violence in the streets that night. There were people who were there to wreak havoc, cause damage. Unfortunately, these protests tend to bring out the worst in people. As it gets dark, people kind of start to lose inhibition. You fall into the mayhem of the crowd. Because so much of this, particularly this case, was caught on film. And that needs to be made note of too. Like, There's no doubt what happened here. A lot of what went down is on camera. And both of these elements, whether you were with a right-wing militia, quote-unquote, protecting local businesses, or you were with Black Lives Matter protesters, some of whom, as we said, got a little bit rowdy, there were that, el- that element existed. So let's just leave that out there for interpretation. I'll just leave it at that. As we said, so the shootings took place shortly before midnight along Sheridan Road in Kenosha after the protesters were moved out of Civic Center Park following clashes with law enforcement. Police and armored vehicles actually drove protesters south away from the local courthouse and Civic Center Park, which is like a center of the town park. Police presence was actually criticized out there because they said they were being too forceful with some of the protesters, like rubber bullets, tear gas, armored cars, shields. So you're looking at a full riot gear at this point. And we've seen that a lot recently with the and, and again not to go off on a tangent at all. I will say one sentence and then not elaborate, but where was this kind of militant police presence for the Capitol riot? Right? They were the guys in there. <laughs> that was everybody. Yeah, they were in, in Charlottesville. Yeah, in Charlottesville. Yep. Same group. You have to think who are the people protesting or rioting? when a police presence like this shows up. It ain't the white people. Look at the demographic of the people protesting when police bring out the rubber bullets, when they bring out the mm-hmm. spray, when That's they bring a great out point. lethal force. You guys ever seen Bad Boys 2? That never opening seen sequence? Bad Boys 1. What? All right. Well, next Doc Day, we're watching Bad Boys 2 because it's is fucking... That a documentary? It is. <laughs> it is. Yes, look, it's a... It should be a it's biopic, non-fiction. okay? It's just like, honestly. Um, the great documentary. The great, Boys yeah. Boys too. <laughs> Directed by Michael Bay, <laughs> like, honestly. As they're out in the streets, quote unquote, keeping the peace, overseeing protesters, and I say that with heavy emphasis on the quotes, the conflict started to deepen. Over those several days and nights, the protests began to turn more anarchical in nature, and that tends to happen as these things go on. We've realized that the more time people are spending out and about, the less inhibition they have, and everybody's kind of like, hey, yo, I saw some guy last night throw a Molotov cocktail, so I'm going to throw three. It's a group thing. Yeah, it's mob mentality. And it, it's very much a real thing. We should spend an episode talking about that, though. You know what I'm saying? Looting and rioting started, 
and what was at the beginning once a peaceful protest turned something far more sinister. And Kyle, again, my man was 17, was out here amongst all this. Remember, he's got an AR-15 strapped on his back. So that may or may not exacerbate it, have exacerbated things. Yeah, no band-aids, <laughs> but he was there for medical purposes with he an AR-15. I'm, I'm just saying. He was a training paramedic. He's a patriot. He's a patriot, right. Yeah, sure. Me too. He studied um, at the School of WebMD. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wikipedia.com. He's like, look, guys, I've performed surgery before. Like, I operated on a cat one time. You're like, the operation game with the clown. Oh, I love that game. Steady hands. At some point, amidst all this, and again, I want to say this, in the heat of all this going on, somehow Kyle, who was originally with a group of right-wing militia, somehow ended up isolated from the group. So we don't really know how that happened. Doesn't really expound on that in court. But at some point, he went rogue. He went a little, a little AWOL. 36-year-old Kenosha resident Joseph Rosenbaum tried to take Kyle's gun from him, which led to Rittenhouse shooting him. He was shot in the open, and camera footage managed to capture the killing live. So we saw that go down. And I'm not necessarily saying we should post that video because snuff films ain't really my cup of tea. Shout out to Griggs. Uh, but that does exist. Yeah, I know. We're never going to let him live that down. I'm going to be at his wedding and be like, bro, remember that time? Not even as the best man. Just get up and remember that Just get up and be like, hey, yo, you still watching people getting killed on TV, bro? That's it. So Joseph Rosenbaum tried to engage Kyle Rittenhouse, who avoided... And when I say engaged, tried to assault him. We don't know why they started fighting. Me, personally, I'm thinking it's because he had a big fucking gun on his chest. Yeah, I'm like, bro, what are you doing out here? Yeah, like... It's like fight or flight. Like we were saying, like, we would get the fuck out of there if we saw a 17-year-old walking with a gun bigger than him. Well, see, I don't know, Lise. I thought a lot about that. I probably would, but part of me also, like, when I was 18... You think you would have rushed Kyle Rittenhouse? I probably wouldn't have rushed him, but I might have said something to him. Like, like, been bro, like bro, why, why are you carrying that big-ass fucking gun out here? Yeah. And if he would have started some shit with me, yeah, I probably would have said something to him. You would have gotten killed. Probably would have gotten killed. Um, but I think, like, testosterone, a lot of adrenaline, everything's flowing out there, and you're strapped with a big-ass gun, my dude. Well, like, also, what has never been reported and what we probably won't really hear about is what words were exchanged, right? We don't. Like, yeah, we you don't know. what know. I mean? Like, maybe he was insulting him. Maybe he was yelling racist shit. Like, me and Kyle, maybe he was, like, saying some, some crazy shit. Or maybe he, it was genuinely Rosenbaum just literally, like, bro, give me that gun. Like, you don't need to be having that here. Like, I don't, you're going to hurt somebody. Something. I mean, maybe he just asked him if he could borrow a cigarette, you know? Like, we don't know. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Maybe, like, he felt afraid and was like, can I use your gun? Yeah. He's like, yeah, is that, is that gun real? He's like, yeah, bitch, and turns on him. Yeah, it's honestly. But we're talking about it. So Rosenbaum was double his age. He was 36. So we're talking about a grown-ass man and an 18-year-old kid. So we don't know what the exchange was. But he tried to engage him at some point. Kyle Rittenhouse at his trial testified that Rosenbaum had threatened to kill him. That's his version of the story. We don't really know why, though. 
And although that was never determined by eyewitnesses, the FBI actually had overhead surveillance of the protests in the streets. They did confirm these events as described by Kyle in his testimony in court that day, that he was approached, didn't instigate the conflict, whatever had happened. Um, Again, I don't necessarily believe that. He could have yelled something at him. He could have said something or just... uh, The fact that you're carrying a fucking AR-15, you're asking for trouble. Again, Not. we'll get into that. I think also my problem, and this is bad to say, but given the climate and given what this protest is about, very much BLM versus Blue Lives Matter type of situation, I have a hard time believing that the cops would be unbiased in the situation because the goal was to kind of uphold the Blue Lives Matter movement and protect this car dealership. In the cops' mind, this kid was trying to protect their honor or whatever, which, I, again, I don't know if they're unbiased or not, or biased or not, but, like, to me, I feel like there would be a bit of bias there because they're on, he's on their side, in quotes. Part of me still finds it funny, though, that they were like, we have to save the car dealership. Like, bro, what? They have... Did you okay? Good, because I'm sitting here going like they have insurance, but whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, like what? But so, anyways, let's continue. After the first shooting, Kyle was pursued across this car source parking lot by protesters. At that point, he made a phone call, called up a friend, and said he thinks he's just killed someone. I'd like to hear that call. He was right. Yes, I would too. He tripped on the street while running from protesters who then proceeded to attack him on the ground. I just have to chime in here. That reminds me of every slasher movie I've ever seen in my life where you're running from the killer and they just inexplicably trip. Like, yo, what did you trip over? Your big ass gun. His big ass gun. Yes, probably. Or his dumb ass feet. Right, like you're just, I don't know. He's a fool Harry Potter. Banana, yeah, it could have been anything. Bowser threw the banana peel out there right in the middle of everything. Anything could have been anything, yeah. There's a trip wire, who knows. But he was attacked on the ground. There's also video of this incident, which is crazy to me, but the even weirder element of that is the police presence in the neighborhood was totally unaware of the increase in violence that was going on at the moment, despite the fact that they were out in force. I do think some of the responsibility needs to be shared by local police like where the fuck were you all this whole time gunshots are not quiet there were 16 shots fired what 16 from kyle or just in general from kyle 16 shots where the fuck were you guys like at what point was somebody like is that a gunshot like honestly at this point protester anthony huber actually struck kyle rittenhouse with his skateboard Like, get that bitch. Get him down. That reminds me of a hood report video where some dude just comes in from the left side of the screen with a fucking skateboard. Boom! Cracking motherfuckers. We have to remember that happened after these people watched Kyle kill somebody. So, like, now it is escalated, right? Like, now there, there are people that are actively going to be pursuing Kyle, probably to disarm him so he doesn't kill anybody else. But it is important to note, and I'm not defending Kyle in any way, people were absolutely on video, you can see it, oh, yeah. pursuing his ass, and I would have done the same fucking, beat his ass to the ground and yeah. get that gun. He just shot my man over yeah. there. That dude just shot somebody. I agree. 
That's that's why part of me is kind of like, I don't know how I would have reacted. Part of me might have been like, that dude has a gun. Well, part of me might have been like, let's go get that gun. Genuinely, I think if you witnessed someone kill somebody else, you and there was a mob with you and you weren't by yourself, I think you would chase him down and try to beat him over the head with the beat skateboard to get his... Get the gun to subdue him, right? To to get the police to him. Yeah. So like, when Kyle says, and we'll go over it, like that he was afraid because people were coming after him. They absolutely fucking were because they just watched you murder someone. Facts. No, yeah, I, I definitely. But I don't would have think been. that they were going to him to kill him. I think they were going to him to disarm him and get him subdued so the police could come get his ass. Whoop his ass. I know. I thought that was awesome. Good good choice of weapon. Unfortunately, Anthony Huber ended up being shot by Kyle somehow managed to turn the gun on him and killed him. At this point, then, he's killed two people, mind you. Gage Grosskrutz, and I totally apologize because I definitely mispronounced that, initially put his hands in the air, but then pulled out a handgun. So we do need to make note, there were other people on the streets that were armed that night. It wasn't just Kyle, I'm saying. It's true. Yeah, absolutely, it needs to be made note. But he pulled out a gun, Kyle Rittenhouse turned his gun, shot him, and actually blew off his right arm. It's foul. You can see in the court testimony, like, the images of his arm. Yeah, I watched part of that trial. There are images of him being, like, led out by other protesters with fucking rag for an arm. Foul. Arm missing, hanging off of his fucking shoulder. It's disgusting. I will say, not defending anything Kyle Rittenhouse did, but in this entire situation... The only shooting I can kind of not justify, but I could understand, understand would yeah. be that one. Oh, yeah. Because you saw him pull out a gun. And now, first of all, now you've killed two people in front of these people. So someone probably was about to shoot Kyle. Like mm-hmm. they were like, we need to stop this fucking crazy kid because he keeps killing people and who knows who's next. So I think at that point, Kyle realized, like, oh, he is about to shoot my ass. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a genuine fear, and I will say that's the only time I will defend anything this asshole has done, but and not even defend it because I, I would have done the same thing if I had a gun and this kid had a gun. It's like the same thing. People are always asking, where are the people with well, the good guys with a gun? And I think in this case, that would have been Gross Cruz or whatever his last name was. Yeah, but unfortunately, then he got shot as well. So what a nightmare. But I do think. That if I was carrying a gun and someone else pulled out a gun, that would be the one time I would be afraid and would probably shoot them because it looks like they're about to shoot me. That's a Western shootout right there. I mean, I I look at it as, I I think, I'm a little torn on this part of it, right? Because like you said, Lise, this part makes sense. If I'm Kyle Rittenhouse in this situation, I'm fearing for my life. Maybe unjustifiably so because you just shot two fucking people. But I'm... Yeah, you teed it up. And and again, I'll keep coming back to it. You never should have been there in the first place, bro. But it's like, in that instance, I probably, again, adrenaline is a fucking wicked drug, man. You can do all kinds of crazy things hyped up on adrenaline. Well, and the, you have a mob of people. Like, you're not, like, you know, solo fighting yeah. this. Great point, Jules. Everybody around you is kind of losing their shit. You know, like, that's the element out there. Yeah. So I get where the fight or flight, defend my life, I, ha- I have to do what I have to do, comes into play there. I get that. So we will at least acknowledge, mm-hmm. you know, 
But once again, in the digital age, almost all of this was caught on camera. So we can see how this event played out. Grosskreutz, again, I'm sorry, I don't pronounce this properly, testified he believed Kyle Rittenhouse was an active shooter. He had, and I mean, Grosskreutz did, had license to carry, concealed carry permit for a handgun and was carrying his legal Glock 9 mil at that night. He approached Kyle Rittenhouse, who at the time was on the ground, so Gage went up to him, put his hands up, because he'd just seen him shoot Anthony Huber. At that point, he pointed his handgun and advanced on him, basically thinking, like, that's the only way I'm going to be able to get up to this dude with my gun out. Yeah. So he was then shot in the arm. It severed most of his bicep. So anything below, like, the upper part of his arm was gone. And that's where we hear that at least 16 shots were heard on video during the time that Kyle Rittenhouse was on the ground. So this dude was basically firing off pot shots at that point, hitting him whatever he could. That's what I'm saying. And that's the scary part. Like, this could have been so much worse, honestly. We're in the digital age. Everything is on camera. So we see all this play out live, basically. Video clips almost immediately went viral from Kenosha the night of the shooting. Facebook was actually criticized during all of these events for allowing militia groups to post solicitations for armed attendees to communicate on their platform. They were also criticized for failing to respond to several hundred complaints about the videos of the incidents. Like I said, before they even, and, and I have to say, like people like Mark Zuckerberg, people like Jack Dorsey, there is only so much they can do in the immediacy of the moment. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yes, they have to be aware, hyper aware of what content is being posted to their platform, but do that does that necessarily, I don't know, liberate them from being at all responsible? Like, I don't think so. Like, we honestly. have a lot of cases that I want to cover regarding things being posted to Facebook. It's a very interesting conversation. And did you know, they're very sad and horrifying videos to watch. But if you like Google, like Facebook content watcher or whatever, Facebook hires people after a lot of these incidents, not this one specifically, but they hire people to go through all the videos posted to Facebook and flag and delete the ones that are like extreme and the stories some of these people whose job it is to go through these horrific videos and get them taken down so people don't see them is That's very horrifying. very sad like the shit that they describe seeing is horrifying that job it's very very scary miserable so facebook did in this case actually i mean they received some criticism for it but that same day which i found interesting because it's almost like they let the communication happen and then we're like oh, take it down but they removed the Kenosha Guards post and classified the event as a mass shooting. So I think we talked about this a little bit before, but the classification for that is three or more people shot in one incident is a quote-unquote mass shooting. For those of you who have heard about how many mass shootings America has, it's far too many. Mark Zuckerberg actually came out and said the Kenosha Guards ruling were a quote, operational mistake. When confronted with the issues, Facebook's founder and CEO was critical of his own platform's actions during the incident. He was quoted as saying, the contractors and reviewers who the initial complaints were funneled to didn't pick this up. So, he kind of passed the buck a little bit to his employees, uh, as these people tend to do. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Acting as a self-appointed security guard against all the rioting, Rittenhouse considered himself a militia member, although he is not connected to any extremist groups. That is worthy of note because that's where he actually took his defense from. And Facebook received a lot of complaints about posts praising him. So searches related to him were blocked and his profile was removed because he was looked at like, Sarah, I think you said the word patriot. A lot of people started throwing that term around and calling him a patriot that night saying this kid did what he had to do, et cetera, et cetera. To me, all of the bullshit that went on that night, the craziest thing that happened to me, and you guys can feel free to defer because obviously there were a lot of crazy things. Following the series of shootings, so at this point, Kyle's alone again. He's gotten away. Kyle Rittenhouse approached the police, gun on his chest. Big ass gun on big his chest. Big ass gun on his chest, hands in the air, and the police drove right past him. And this is on video. This is on video. All this is on video. Unaware that he had just shot three people. That's actually probably the most viral image from that night. Probably the craziest thing I've ever actually seen with my Dude, it's like ridiculous. He's literally walking by armored cars with a big fucking gun on his chest, gloves on, backwards hat. Like, he literally looks like he just killed somebody. And he did. He did. And he's hands up, hey guys, and they went right by him. If you don't want to believe that there is some type of bias, keep that shit to yourself. (laughs) But it is crazy. Because he literally just walked unabated past a group, an armed we'll man. We'll post that picture because it is yeah, there, we, like that video clip. We have that to. Is, it's like striking. It's the most confronting. You're right. Like, I mean, obviously watching people get killed in this protest is absolutely horrific and horrible. But I think when you think about the state of our country and like how these things keep on happening, that would not have been the case had he not been a white little boy. A white male. Reach the and, ultimate nirvana, yeah. I think that that is why it's so confronting because that if if you didn't think that there was a problem before with the the biases of our police force and of the way the BIPOC community is treated by police, that is the image that should wake you up. And unfortunately, it didn't because go fucking figure. But it, that is the image that slaps you in the face and shows you. Wow. I I agree. That to me was the most striking image of the evening is this dude. And it's funny because there's like red and blue lights. There's chaos on the other side. And my man's just rolling up with a big ass gun on his chest, chilling, unfazed. Yeah. You know, like he was walking into the high school football game. He's hanging out. Um, So as protests died down, Kyle Rittenhouse returned to his mother's home in Antioch, Illinois. The next day, he was arrested and charged with first-degree homicide, first-degree reckless homicide, and attempted homicide. He was held in a juvenile facility and was released on 
$2 million bond. His social media profile blew up after this. Like immediately following, he became, like I said, this was all on camera, yo. So everything that happened, people are literally playing out in real time. Thank God. In, I mean, it didn't help at all in this case. It but, didn't, but... But thank God, though. Like, thank God that... I mean, it's disturbing when you see people videoing things where you think that they should be helping. But in other cases, this is how you get these people prosecuted. This is how you get the case against people because there's no way to fight the evidence in front of your face. Although, like I said, in this case, fuck, we might as well have done nothing, but... That didn't help. It's sad, but... It's at the same time, it's good to know that there are people out there who are keeping an eye on these things and that social media has, despite all the evils, some good proponents to it. Let's talk a little bit about his trial because this is where shit really started to get a little haywire. Eh, I guess that's not appropriate to say. Shit has been haywire for this dude since he decided to hop in the car with a gun. So on January 22nd, 2021, the very beginning of this year, the conditions of Rittenhouse's release were changed and he was out on $2 million bond so that he could not consume alcohol, have access to firearms, or associate with any persons or groups known to be a threat to others based on race or religion. Those are unusual terms of release and that are not normally associated with being released on bond. But after further research, it turns out these changes were made to his conditional release after he was seen on January 5th at a bar with his mom a couple days after his 18th birthday drinking beers in Mount Pleasant, Wisconsin. They were posing for pictures alongside five, we'll say, white men, and were caught singing Proud of Your Boy, a song used by members of the far-right radical group Proud Boys Political Organization. We'll call them. Dumbest fucking name in all of society, but I Absolutely no creativity involved. Proud, Proud Boys. Boys. It just sounds like a bunch of pedophiles. That's what it honest. sounds like. Yeah, dead ass. I think of the... Yeah, that's the first thing I think of. In this couple of these photos, Kyle flashed an OK sign, which for those of you who don't know, take your pointer finger and your thumb, put them together, throw up the three, and say like, OK. <laughs> OK. But that is a hand gesture that is used by white supremacists. And I, I, e, yeah, I've literally done that to people and been like, okay, and then like, oh, fuck, never mind. Well, there, there are certain things that I'm like, see, bro, like, I'm not going to stop being like, okay, because I'm not a white supremacist and I couldn't even be misconstrued as one, I hope. So. It's like when you do like accidental gang signs in the wrong neighborhood. There's no such thing as accidental gang signs, honestly, sir. <laughs> Shout out the gang. I'm saying, like, we don't fuck around. Um, but I, yeah, I agree. It's almost like, even if that wasn't totally obvious, there are some far right affiliations in Kyle's family and in his past. I mean, we can point to it uh, the way he was raised. And what are you doing in a bar with the Proud Boys? Like, I'm just going to keep it a buck. I've never been to a bar and been like, wow, this looks like there's a lot of white supremacists okay, in here. And, and, also, like, and um, stuck around. His mom was drinking with him in the bar, taking pictures. Okay, he's also not of legal drinking age, correct? Yeah. Nope. Okay. So how not that that's served? just a cherry on top. Who are these bartenders? No, he's their hero is the sad thing. Speaking of that, and we talked a little bit about this, but let's make another point. Conservative pundits took to the airwaves to defend Kyle's actions that night for various reasons. 
Tucker Carlson and all his brilliance. Thank you. I appreciate the joke. Tucker Carlson claimed that Kyle Rittenhouse and other militiamen were forced to fill the void left by police inaction, which to me is hilarious. It's like, yeah, sure, because we need these fucking clowns to do that. Uh, While Ann Coulter retweeted a tweet advertising Kyle Rittenhouse as a bodyguard and said, and again, Ann Coulter, I want him as my president, which is hilarious because she likes Donald Trump. Yeah, she's so stupid it hurts. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, he's, he's literally half the age he has to be to be able to even run for president. But one day. But one day. That's who Ann Coulter's going to be from her wheelchair. is going to be talking about fucking Kyle Rittenhouse. Oh, God. Let's do it again. Oh, man. Um, even former President Donald Trump came out in advance of the trial and said about Kyle, he seems like a nice young man. After the trial was concluded, Kyle Rittenhouse was even invited to Trump's Florida estate at Mar-a-Lago. I'll leave my thoughts and feelings on that particular person open to interpretation because I don't have time for all that bullshit right now. In addition, right-wing groups alleged that the two murdered BLM protesters were quote-unquote criminals who had been arrested for sex crimes and assault in an attempt at justifying Rittenhouse's actions. But he took Gage, Joseph, and Anthony and basically uh, turned them into the, the perpetrators of all this and said that, you know, they were the reasons that all this happened. Criminalized them to victimize himself. On the other hand, though, on the left-hand side... Several leading progressives called Rittenhouse everything from a white supremacist to a terrorist. So clearly the controversy this dude created stretched far beyond the scope of just the shooting. He became a either a whipping, a whipping post or a champion for whoever, depending on who you're asking, which is crazy to me and how quickly this can happen to an 18-year-old kid. The trial for Kyle Rittenhouse actually took place from November 1st to November 19th, 2021. So for those of you listening in real time, it wasn't that long ago. Uh, And that took place in Kenosha County Circuit Court. The jury heard testimony from over 30 witnesses and viewed more than a dozen videos taken on the night of the shooting. So they were actually playing these videos for the jury. I think that's important to note too. Because when we talk about the verdict and we're going to talk about why, I think it's important to say that they actually saw what went down. It wasn't all hearsay testimony. They actually witnessed based on these, you know, the FBI had drones based on closed circuit television. They saw what happened. Kyle's defense team claimed that he was defending himself from a ravenous mob and that he had no choice but to shoot his assailants for fear of his life. Now, Kyle wasn't a totally innocent kid, and I think that should be made noteworthy the same it would be for any other defendant. Because we always talk about, like, what brought them to this point? What in their past can we point to to say, well, this obviously happened because of this? On July 1st, 2020, he was caught on tape punching a female in a fight in Kenosha, Wisconsin. It was recorded by Kenosha residents Reese Granville and CJ Wakefield on their phones. So, Kyle... Not just punching him, he was, like, like, he was beating her. Yeah, aggressively. Yeah, I'm sorry, I should say that more thoroughly beating on a woman and this was a year six months prior to all this going down um and then on august 19th so about two months later 
A case was filed against him for operating without a valid license and for speeding 20 to 25 miles per hour over the limit in Kenosha County. Their unrelated incidents, let's point that out, doesn't necessarily tie into that night in Kenosha, but background information is often recorded as part of these cases, and I think it should be noted here. We talk a lot about the perpetrators of these crimes. We should talk about their backgrounds. Kyle deserves the same thing. Kyle Rittenhouse was charged with two counts of homicide, two counts of reckless endangerment, one count of attempted homicide, and one count of unlawful possession of a firearm. Judge Bruce Schroeder, who deserves a little bit extra honorable mention, dismissed the unlawful possession of a firearm charge based on the fact that Kyle himself did not modify the M223 caliber rifle that he had used in the shootings. His friend Dominic Black had given it to him hours before the shooting started. Uh, Are we splitting hairs much, Judge? That's my question for you. But we'll find out a little bit more about this judge. Seems like he was a bit uh, favorable, for lack of a better word, for Kyle. He was not impartial in the slightest. Yeah, it seems to me like he was actually making things more difficult for the prosecutors. Witnesses stretched from police officers to the man whose arm he blew off, my man Gage, testified at his trial, which I think, hey, good on you, brother. So it was an 18-day affair, the 1st to the 19th. Witnesses on behalf of the defense testified that the chaos in the streets was just too much to bear and that under the stress of all this situation going on around him, Kyle acted the only way he could to see possibly escaping with his life. Other witnesses on behalf of the prosecution testified that the scene on the streets was peaceful except for people like Kyle, who had come with weapons to disturb what was otherwise a peaceful protest. Again, we'll leave that open to everyone's interpretation, but I'm saying I kind of tend to agree that you, you came with a gun, you knew what could happen, you were in the thick of it. Uh, so the crux of the case, and this really is the point that stuck for a lot of people, was that Kyle had a weapon and was on the ground with no backup. His attorneys claimed he had no alternative, that Kyle had to shoot those people who were assaulting him for fear of his own life. And again, he's isolated. There's nobody around him who's on his team He felt that he was back against the wall. I have no choice. I had to shoot somebody. Prosecutors claimed, and I claim, that the only real reason he was in danger was because he had driven across state lines and placed himself in the thick of it. I tend to agree with that. On November 2nd, jurors heard opening arguments of the trial. Kyle actually himself testified and that was probably the most famous testimony from the incident, if anybody recalls having seen it. He broke down on the stand, trying to recount the events of August 25th. Uh, So much so, I mean, he was blubbering, could not speak, to the point that Judge Schroeder actually ordered a recess. And many people later criticized the judge presiding over the case for being far too lenient with him, basically saying, you know, in any point he could to give this dude a break, he did. Like, oh, you know, let's let him collect his thoughts and, like, Honestly, going through cross-examination, you should be fucking around and like possibly be confused and not be able to articulate your thoughts. And what a show it was because Kyle now, when he talks about this, since he's being celebrated by so many people, you would think he just won the Nobel Peace Prize and like it did the best thing he could have ever done for everybody. People literally have like concert like creepy rallies for him it's it's very bizarre because i feel like that to me was an act and we can go over it i mean i think for sure killing someone no matter who you are 
is a traumatic experience, but I think that breaking down was he was afraid he was going to jail for the rest of his life, not because he was regretting any of his decisions, especially because so many people were uplifting him. Yes. And including I, yeah. the judge. It's almost like justification in his own mind with all these people giving him such credence. I, it's disgusting to me. One note about this case, actually, where it's pretty obvious that Judge Schroeder, 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 whatever, dismissed the charge of unlawful possession of a firearm against him. That would have carried a minimum sentence of five years for carrying a manufactured altered weapon without a license. So we're talking about he changed the weapon. I guess Dominic, his friend, did. I don't understand what that means. So you can alter a gun where they, it fires automatically, like from oh, they made semi-auto this into an automatic. to auto. Yes. Oh, so... Yes. That's crazy. That's why. And that's what everybody said. Like the judge threw that. That charge was probably what he should have been stuck with at the very least. Is he was carrying this gun. An automatic weapon. Yeah. Isn't it illegal to alter a gun? Yes. Carries a five-year sentence. What's happening? What's our country country fucking doing? If I shot someone today, this is not what would happen. No. I would tend to agree, Lise. I've been worried you were going to shoot me before, and I at least thought there would be some justification at the end of it all that... You're so stupid. I'm just saying. At that point, it became, if it wasn't already obvious, it became apparent that Kyle was getting some extra leniency that otherwise would have been more difficult to navigate had all the charges stood. At least then you're talking about, like, okay, let's make a plea deal. Let's see what we can get anything out of if not charging him with murder. And it's also, to me, important to note... They did not consider lesser offenses. He was charged with murder. He was charged with attempted murder. The prosecutors chose, and that's actually up to the discretion of the prosecutor, not to attempt to get lesser known offenses. They messed up. I agree. Manslaughter in this case would have been far more applicable, I think. But they were looking for a harsher sentence. They were looking for the staunchest, strictest, most painful, you know, whatever we can get for him, and that's what they got. They got nothing instead of everything, all or nothing. So after 18 days of testimony, jurors deliberated for roughly 27 hours over the course of four days before they pronounced Kyle Rittenhouse not guilty on all five counts. First degree intentional homicide, first degree reckless homicide, first degree attempted intentional homicide, and two counts of first degree reckless endangerment. And again, they were thrown out on the charge of altering his weapon, so carrying an altered weapon without a license. The judge even asked the jury if they were to consider lesser versions of several counts, but they were not swayed. So the prosecutor even at the end had a fail-safe, and the jury did not go through with it. On November 19th, 2021, Kyle Rittenhouse was acquitted on all charges. He was released and now resides with his mother in Antioch, Illinois. And now is like famous and like a fucking figure in the Republican Party, Conservative Party, which is nuts. My thing is, is I've always believed that the defense has the easier job because all, like you said, all you have to do is change one person's opinion. Whereas the prosecutor has to make 12 people believe that what you're saying is the only way it can go. So I think just like a lot of things that we need to review in our country, the constitution, Um, I think we need to reveal how that works. And what I personally think, and again, this is going without much actual thought, and this is just like word vomit right now, but I think if there's, so like say there's one or two jury who don't believe 
in whatever the fuck. It's like not unanimous, even though it has to be to get certain verdicts. Beyond any reasonable doubt. Yeah, yeah, that. But I think, <laughs> but I think if there's two people that have some sort of doubt, right, and that gets the case thrown out because the prosecution didn't prove beyond a reasonable doubt, I think lesser charges should be retried and figured out because I think you're. It's just such like an uneven system. Like that's it's like impossible. If I tried to convince y'all the sky was purple, it's gonna be a very, very, very hard fucking job to convince you all of that and get you all to agree. So Shit, we barely agree and we're friends. Right. It's also like on the other hand of things, if you are found guilty for a crime, you're able to repeal that verdict. Yeah. You're able to kind of get a you, you have multiple layers of appeals too. Yeah, like yeah. the first one gets thrown out, you can do it again right, yeah. on so different there's, evidence. There's well, depending on the So why wouldn't there be on you know the other side? Yeah. Like, so here's my thing too. One of my favorite images of the criminal justice system. It's also on some of our merch. Shameless plug. Um, is the scale and the scales of justice, right? Because you're right, Lise. All you need is from the defense's perspective one person to change their mind to think Mm -hmm. that you know what i would have shot those fucking people too but you're also being weighed against the fact that the state and all of their resources and all of their investigators and all of the evidence that they can compile is weighed against you Mm -hmm. so beyond just the bird like the hardest part for the prosecutors it's not by a burden of proof it's just beyond a reasonable doubt so in other countries, you actually have to prove there is no doubt. Reasonable doubt goes thrown out the window. Yeah. It's like this evidence says that this is it. Show. We talked about that with um. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I'm gonna knock myself silly. Yeah, nice if that'll help. Um, yeah, I'm concussed. But the burden of proof is much harder because it's almost like that can't be disputed. Reasonable doubt you can dispute. Be like, oh, you know what? It could have been that. But that's what I'm saying is like, I feel like, I mean, I know obviously we get guilty verdicts and so it does work in a sense. But I just feel like it's, it would be exponentially harder to convince a bunch of people that one fact is true, undisputed truth. And then much easier to just put one little shred of doubt. Like, okay, I say the sky is purple. And you guys say, no, it's not. Well, I say, have you seen it at sunset? Have you mm-hmm. seen a sunset? And then you're like, oh, shit, I've, I've never seen a sunset. Here's but, an image or whatever, from Palawan you know? in the Philippines yeah. from five years ago like, where the oh, sky was actually purple. <laughs> and people are like, what the fuck? I think these questions are very poignant. Yeah, I say that having written them myself. Uh, but let's, let's dive in. We often see these cases of self-defense become national news due to the controversy created. It is, though. I mean, that honestly, I hate to lump Kyle Rittenhouse in with these two next names I'm going to mention. But Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown, and have seen contradictory rulings based on the circumstances, right? Like we saw Darren, what's his name, the officer in uh, Missouri. Thank you, bitch face. Um, I didn't want to mispronounce that. He was acquitted based on the fact that he was defending himself. George Zimmerman, same thing, right? He was acquitted based on the fact that they said... He was defending himself. But defending himself against what? Because didn't right. he, like, a child. Yeah, like didn't he like didn't Trayvon Martin not do fucking anything? Yeah, no, yeah. Like, that that case still pisses me off to this day, but well, we'll talk about that at another these, point. But yeah. So my question to you guys is what do we believe happened here? Is it fair to call what Kyle Rittenhouse did self defense? 
He kind of, but not. Before he... I think before he acted in self-defense, he was in the wrong. I agree, Jules. So, That's a great point. My thing is, is he brought a gun to a fist fight, essentially. Like, he, he brought a gun... Okay, so I wrote this down because I didn't want to forget when you were talking. So I think in general, if you own a firearm, and I think this is for everybody, and I think this should be the way you think about it. And my mom said the same thing about driving a car because she feels the same way about it, but I'll explain that in a second. I think if you own a gun in any capacity at all, not only should you be adequately chained to the safety of the weapon, how to use it, if you are going to carry it on you, there is a part of you, you don't want to and you hope you never have to, but there is a part of you that knows and that expects that you may have to use that weapon. I agree. Because you you bought it, It's you're not carrying around a hunting rifle, you're carrying around, you know, whatever. It's to always be prepared. It's to always be prepared. Mm-hmm. But I think that should be that way. I think if, if you are going to carry it, then you better expect that you're going to use it and then expect the consequences for doing so. I agree. So, like, for instance, like, I, my ex, for some reason, bought me a knife because he, like, collected knives. And I was scared to carry it with me, not mainly because I didn't want to be, like, caught in, like, a security system and I forgot that I had this knife on me. But also because I'd be afraid that, like, if I was panicked, I'd pull out this knife and use it. And I don't think I'm a killer. Like, I can't even hurt flies. But I think the same logic goes to people who own guns and all people should think that way and like I said my mom says the same thing about a car if you get behind the wheel of a car you need to treat it like a deadly weapon because that's what it is you can kill someone in your car you can kill yourself and other people with a car you need to do it responsibly it's essentially a weapon and so I think with Kyle Rittenhouse the idea that he brought a gun in his mind somewhere he was thinking I might have to use this and a gun kills people and it was rigged to be automatic which is even more extreme because it's not like shoot reload shoot it's you know it's like let's take out as many people as possible so i think that basis alone negates the self-defense because you came ready to hurt somebody willing to hurt somebody because you brought a gun maybe hoping you didn't have to use it but you brought it you don't fucking bring a gun to a tea party because you know you're not gonna kill anybody. You know what I mean? You just—it's like if you have that weapon on you, you're prepared to use it. He made choices that gave him the option for self-defense. Exactly. That's uh, that. I couldn't put it any more directly than that. And Jules, you said it too. He was in the wrong before he ever had to defend himself. Right. You shouldn't have been there with the intention of I have this big ass gun. Just in case. And you don't need a gun to defend a car dealership, please. Like, get the fuck out of my Duh. face. To me, that is You're going to shoot someone over a car. That is off. the funniest thing about it to me. And that defense goes with any of these protesters. Like, well, they were burning and looting. I'm like, dog, Wendy's is worth like 90 <laughs> billion fucking dollars. We could go burn down 10 Wendy's and they're still in the black this year, okay? They're not going to lose money. So what the fuck are you doing thinking like, oh, I'm going to go. Me and my buddies are going to stand outside here like, hey. Don't burn this car dealership. Like, bro, get the fuck out of here. But I think when you come with a gun, that's the intention, right? Like, if you come loaded with a weapon, you're part of you is expecting and willing to use that weapon. My paps told me, and I'll, I'll never forget this, 
God rest his soul, I miss him every day, but I'll never forget some of the conversations I had with him and the one thing he said when he was talking about guns. He fought in Korea. He was not a gun person. Like, honestly, was very anti-gun. But he said, if you ever choose to carry one, you better be prepared use to it. use it. Yep, that's what I said. That's don't, exactly what I said. Exactly. Don't, don't think that you can have a gun on your waist or on your hip and think, I'm, I'm just going to carry yeah. this and, like, threaten it. You pull your shirt up to show you have a gun, you better believe somebody else on that street's probably carrying one too. You better be ready. And that's that's exactly my point. Like, if you're carrying a weapon at all, ever, even a knife, you you need to be prepared to use it because that's the reason you're carrying it. And you better know how. That's the other thing. This wasn't even concealed. I mean, it was the most, like, (laughs) blatantly obvious. Like a purse. Yeah. Like, is that alligator skin? Like, no, it's actually a Smith & Wesson. But to answer but, like, your original question, is it self-defense? I think, like you said, like Sarah said, it turns into it. When we talked about the, what actually happens, I, I think, I do think he was attacked. It shows he was attacked. And I think it was mainly because this man was probably like, why the fuck do you have that strapped yeah. to you? Because he's probably thinking like we are. Like, if you have that, you're ready to kill people. Also, like, you're a kid. Don't waste yeah. your life. Like, yeah. Like, so I think immediately because Kyle was carrying that around, he was ready to, I mean, he was there for defending, right? Like that's what he said he was there to do is defend this car dealership. I think the only time it turned into self-defense is after he killed that first person because then he knows people witnessed it. And now I think he realized like, oh fuck, I'm either going to get the shit beat out of me or someone's going to try to kill me because I just killed somebody else. Right, and see, now I think that, that negates his self-defense because... Well, yeah, it does, right. but I think in his brain, that's where it would go self-defense. And then I think the only time it really would become like in real life self-defense is that last part yeah. where the other guy had a gun too because then Kyle's like, oh fuck, I'm about to get shot. I uh, let's also say this. this guy. If my man got bopped on the head with a skateboard... <laughs> The only case where I think he would have a legitimate argument for self-defense that he... And he caused them all, so I still don't understand if that would be considered self-defense. Because, like, there's... I forget what case it was, but there's... Maybe it was this one. It was a case where they're like, it's not self-defense if you fucking are the instigator. I 100% Like, if you go to someone's house and, like, shit all over their lawn... And then they come out to confront you and you shoot them. You started that whole confrontation. I don't know why not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I like the analogy. If you ever have some shit on your lawn, it was no. Lisa. Yeah. I, <laughs> <that> face. <laughs> I'm like, that's where you mind You accepted it. Lisa's you like, we used it. to take Devil's Night to a different level, bro. We was shit on their lawn and whatnot. But, but You're like, Lisa, what? The only one where in a court of law that I think, again, I don't believe he has any type of right because again he instigated all of this i the only time i would say that self-defense could possibly win is in the the very end when the other guy had a gun because that in that case i'd be like oh it's like a shootout it's like you get me before i was an equal threat yeah yes whereas before a skateboard he got hit with a skateboard and he shot the first guy he didn't he didn't supposedly do anything to he confronted him but we don't know i i don't know what was said Maybe he called him a pussy. I don't so know. a question I, I added because I was just curious what you guys thought while we were talking about it. Do we think the car dealership should have called on civilians to protect their business rather than asking for, say, police or boarding up their business or somehow getting their cars out of there or just accepting, like, okay, the loss and in insurance? Like you said, there's no way that they didn't have insurance. And I'm sure if their community is 
this fucking wild that the community would rally with them to fix the damages. I mean, I understand 1.5 million or whatever it was is a lot of money to lose. There's no problem raising the 2 million for Kyle and bailing him out of jail. Yeah, right, yeah. So do you think... Do you think the car dealership was in the right to call in civilians? Because couldn't why didn't they call the police and say, "Listen, we have this much in damage. We need forces here to and like maybe the forces were being used to protect on the streets or whatever, which clearly they didn't because look at what happened. But do we think that that civilian should be protecting shops? Like, do you no. think it's a civilian duty? No. Absolutely, absolutely not. not. No. <laughs> Can we put that very plainly? Fuck no. Easy question to answer. All right, now Matt's questions again. No, I, honestly, I think that's a great point, though. I, it definitely needs to be mentioned. Like, what were you doing there? It's like, well, yeah. I was defending the car dealership. Like, get like, the oh, fuck out. Good. It's one of the risks that you take as a business owner is yep. that someone will come and mess with so your business. Yeah, that's why you have insurance. Yeah. Like, that's why insurance companies make a lot of fucking money. And again, I don't agree with people, like, looting and destroying property. I never think that that's okay, but, like... At the end of the day, one, you have to look at who's doing it. And two, if it is people from the BLM protest, you have to look at why. Like, it, the only way to get attention and to get people to get out your anger and frustration when this shit keeps happening over and over and over again, I would fucking be burning the streets down, too. I mean, I empathize a lot. I don't think it's right. Mm-hmm. But, like, when you're that frustrated, people are dying left and right, unjust, by the people that are supposed to protect them. What the fuck else are you going to do? They say that um, there's a quote. I'm going to have to find it. There's a quote about riots where it's a riot is the last resort for people who aren't heard or something like that. Yeah. It's like like the most extreme measure to get to to build attention for your cause. Yeah. Well, and it's also like the idea of screaming, right? Like obviously when you scream, people shut down and they don't listen to you. But people scream when they're frustrated, when they're not being heard. And so... It's a build-up. It's yeah. all a build-up. You don't just go out one day to and, start a riot and loot yeah. and, like, do crazy shit. Well, you do that, but you do that after you've done Well, that's what I'm saying. Out. Right. It's like, it's yeah. that's not the first step. It's like yeah. shaking a champagne bottle and not corking it. And not uncorking it yet. It's going to build up, and soon it's going to explode. Numerous people claimed that the judge was slanted towards yes. Kyle from the outset of the proceedings. Answers yes. She already answered. Next question. It says yes. Do we believe that? And did this aid Kyle in his claim of self-defense? I think the second you have a biased judge, the case, you're, whoever is on the defendant side, if they're towards you, you're, the case is yours. It Pretty should much. be thrown out the same way that jury members are thrown out in selection. Yep. Why wasn't it? Why the fuck did no one say this jury is a, or this the judge, judge is either a has to be removed can. for cause or recuse themselves? Isn't there cause though? Well, they have to prove well, it. Didn't we talk about the same thing with Brock Turner and yeah. how um, yeah. the judge was like a USC guy or whatever? Yeah. The for, same fraternity or whatever it was. Let's hold his hand and walk him through. I hate. I hate people. What do we think would have been a fair sentence, even if we believe he was acting in self-defense? <laughs> Does it matter? And this is where, like, the big crux of this comes in. Does it matter that Kyle cross? I think you asked this, Jules. Does it matter that Kyle crossed state lines Lisa. and injected? Lisa asked this. I'm sorry, and injected himself into the situation for the purposes of finding him guilty. No, I don't think it should matter. Well. It goes more against him. You sought out this yeah. chaos. It's like versus... shit that's, that's chaos. You're you're creating the chaos. Right. What do you think would be a fair sentence? I'm curious what you say before I'd start. Um, 
I don't really know. It'd be kept away from the general public. I don't think this is often how the justice system should work, but I think it's worked in the exact opposite of what I'm about to say. But I think he should have been made an example of. That you can't just show up a place with a giant gun and just start shooting people. And again, it wasn't he didn't just like randomly like take fire in a crowd. He was like someone did go after him to get his gun or whatever the fuck happened. But I think now we're going to see more of this. We're going to see more fucking white savior fuck faces go into crowds shoot a bunch of people and try to justify or rile them up enough so they try to attack them so they can shoot them justifiably or whatever the fuck. I think this case opened a lot of very scary doors. I mean, this has been happening since Charlottesville. Yep. yep. And it's just been scary. increasing because no one is being held accountable. Yep, exactly. It's, it's frightening. It really is. And I think fair sentence-wise, I think... Like, I mean, he murdered people. And, like, I don't care what their background was because that's not what this is about. I don't care if they were the worst person on earth. That's not what... That has nothing to to do with this. And it's not Kyle's job. Kyle didn't know these fucking people, so he didn't kill them because they're sexual offenders. He killed them because he was a little pussy-ass fuckface. Yeah, it's not like he stopped them and was like, Hey, that guy I saw on Dateline. (laughs) Can I see your rap sheet, please? Okay, boom. I don't know what I think would be a fair sentence. I, To me, murder is murder is murder is murder. I kind of, I mean, not that it would really change my opinion much on what I think of this shit face, but I kind of would like to hear or like see the conversation that went down with the first guy. Yeah. Because was he being threatened? Because that's what the police claim and that's what the surveillance says. And like, even if he was, I don't think it was grounds to shoot him, especially when the other guy wasn't armed. That's the big kind of catch of this whole thing. It's like, what did he say to him? Did he threaten his life? Like, hey, bitch, I'll kill you. Come over here with that gun. Yeah, because, like, like, that was the climax and catalyst of the rest. Right, exactly. Yes, that's what set all these events in motion was the first guy. He started being chased because they saw him shoot this first dude. So So that's why I don't, before I would make a decision, I, I think he should get at least a year or two in jail so, at minimum. Hold that thought. My next question leans right into that. Should lesser offenses have been considered by prosecutors and jurors when deciding his overall guilt? He was probably facing at least 12 years and up. Because yes. like if he was convicted on only one of those charges, it well, was 12 years, and then one was 60, another one was 12. The years with the making, like, um, changes to guns, the, yeah. yeah. So he, he was... At most, he was probably facing like 80 years in jail, but at minimum, it seems 12 was like one count. After after the judge level. threw out that weapons yeah, charge. is 12 years. So, do we think less, lesser offenses should have been considered by yes. prosecutors and jurors? Yeah, I think I think the the prosecutors should have done, and like, I mean, it's like, okay, well, we're not going to get this count. Like, let's do that. I mean, I just, I just feel like there was so many missed opportunities in this case. Yep. And I also think something that we have to consider is he shot off 16 rounds. So, like, 
He could have heard. Yeah. At that, at that point, you have no regard for who you hit. Yeah. Two of the cause, two of the charges were reckless endangerment. So that's yeah. a good point. Right. You do need to say that. Right. He you was charged with that. Zero people. You could hit one people. You could hit sixteen. Well, people. actually killed two because people. It's not just like one person. Not saying that killing one person is like okay, but like he didn't just kill one person. He killed one person and then killed someone another time and then tried to kill a third person. So this is what holds me up. And again, our last question is always the same when we have a conclusion and I'll just make this point real quickly before I ask the question he did recklessly endanger people he was carrying an altered automatic weapon he did these two things for sure and yet was found not guilty of them or the charge was thrown out which is hilarious to me not hilarious. And it was disgusting. all based on self defense right like the all jurors, based on the premise of self defense that was his whole argument he was attacked he, he had no choice because he was so, as we always come off the round off the questions with, do we believe I for an I was met in this case? Sarah, I'm going to ask you to answer first because you're our guest. Um, no. Nope. No. Final answer. <laughs> 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 don't need to phone a friend. Don't need to ask the audience. Jules? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Lise? Nope. Can we harmonize on this one? Like, hell no. Hell no. Nice. Hell no. Yeah, you guys all went to the same He's like, he's like David Ruffin and the Temptations, y'all. Thank you very much. Um, so what do, Matt, you didn't answer question number three. Or question number, yeah, three. What do you think would have been a fair sentence for Kyle Rittenhouse? I think he With should have been. No. I think based on the two charges that we know he committed the crime. He was carrying an automatic weapon. Whether his buddy gave it to him or not, he didn't ask the question. He didn't be like, I mean, honestly, that might not have been the first thought to cross his mind, but yeah. my guy, it was an AR-15. Like, And I think he definitely should have been charged and arrested, or I'm sorry, charged and prosecuted for reckless endangerment. He fired 16 shots. With an automatic weapon? With an automatic weapon. He could have very just sprayed a crowd. Exactly. So, I mean, who knows? I wonder if it would have been different had he, which is disgusting to say, but if they would have seen it differently had he hit people with those extra bullets. I, that's another thing, yeah. Like, because had then where's that the self defense? Right. You, you were just, just firing off fucking. random rounds. But yeah. what do you think, like, sentence wise, it should have been? Like, how many years? I mean, I know, like, it's like five years on a weapons charge, right? No, and then like, for reckless endangerment, at least. Two counts of that. I mean, I think 10 years in jail would have yeah. been very much appropriate for this dude. I agree. Dude. I think that's a really good sentence, actually. I hate to go here, but say his name wasn't Kyle Rittenhouse. Say yep. he's a black kid. Yep. And he's walking around with an AR-15. He wouldn't have made it out there. He, oh. he would have been dead on no, the No, he would have been shot. Yeah. He wouldn't have been prosecuted. He might have been shot. He would have been killed. If there were a trial, they would... Strangle up. Yep. Absolutely. And I if hate. Someone didn't kill them before the trial. Exactly. I, and I hate to take it to that point, but it, it's true. This whole thing started over a controversy about a black man being shot by police. Again. again Let's take again, it to again. the level of, again, again, again. Let's take it to the level of say the shooter had been a black man. He would not. Have I had a discussion lot. with uh, my sister and my stepmom while I was home um, for the holidays, and we talked about like. Whether like I feel it's like you should remove all identifiers, right? When you're taught, if you want to strictly discuss crime and punishment, all identifiers, male, female, yeah. race, age, all of that should be taken out of the picture. As, as at least I guess to to a caveat to that is you know repeat offenders and things like that that 
it's still, you know, whatever. But yeah, I mean, I think if we were talking about any, you know, that's like a, a time to kill. That would be a really interesting way to like present cases is not give any description. I mean, I do think it's necessary for cases like this because it it's it is a hundred percent to do with race, mm-hmm. but. I think in like other cases that would be a really interesting way to do it to like tell the story without giving any identifiers of the perpetrator. An unbiased jury in America does not exist anymore. I don't believe that. No such thing. It's a thing. Um, But thank you guys for joining us. What a case. I know it's going to cause some controversy, but I, like I said, I don't want it to be a political thing, even though it is very much. I actually would love people on the other side of this coin to come back on this one because this is a really, I mean, it is debatable. We've had some open and shut, like, we know that. We talked about that. We agree part of it could be. Part of it could be construed as self defense. I want somebody who thinks it is to give us that feedback and tell me why like well, what makes that not only the self defense part but do you think guarding a car dealership with a gun it's is worthy of the question necessary. like are you yeah. a business owner is that what civilians should do yeah right. is, is it necessary is that type of force necessary to protect citizens arrest yeah, yeah. the right. building last um, time but- I tried to make a citizens arrest I got arrested so let's not get yeah. into that but yes thank you all again we greatly appreciate everybody listening. Rate, review, subscribe. But truly, like we we appreciate the support more than you will ever know, and it does so much for our show. If you think about it, we are three friends uh, recording a podcast. I edit it. We write all the episodes. It's a lot of work behind the scenes, and we really appreciate any and all support, even just listening, sharing, telling your friends, telling your family, giving us them five stars if you think we deserve it. Maybe chop one off if you think we don't, but don't give us less than four because we'll be sad. We need them four at least. Yeah, yeah review right? us. Let us know. We're really trying to improve on our sounds and on our content. So everything and anything helps, and we love you all. And let us know what you think. Did the punishment fit the crime? No. No. <laughs> Jill's answer for you, so. Sorry. Uh, yeah, but have a wonderful, whenever you listen to this time, whatever you're doing, I hope it's a great one. 2022 is hopefully the year that the world stops falling apart. Fast approaching, too. We get in there. I know. When you listen to this, it will be way past way past that time. We will let you all go. I'm going to show Jules this closing summation from A Time to Kill so she gets what I'm talking about. Thank you all again. Love, rate, review, subscribe. Y'all the bond. Bye. Bye.